Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to Catch, Hook, and Shoot. Today is Sunday, May 26, 2019. Thanks to everybody for listening and subscribing on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, and right here live every Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time on Twitch. And uh, make sure you're following on social media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and LinkedIn at Catch, Hook, Shoot on all those platforms. I hope everybody has checked out the uh, Catch, Hook, and Shoot Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash catch, hook, shoot. We've got four different tiers there with some some pretty cool benefits on each one. We've got a $1, $5, $10, and $20 tier for uh, anybody interested in that. uh, Head on over to patreon.com slash catch, hook, shoot and check that out. And also make sure to check out our Pro Wrestling Tees store at prowrestlingtees.com slash catch, hook, shoot. We've got four pretty cool designs there that I designed myself so uh, head on over check those out pick one up and uh, again like I said before any money that is generated from either one of those sites uh, goes back into the show for uh, upgrades and travel to like uh, conventions uh, events things like that so hope everybody will check those things out and if you ever want to shoot me an email it's catchhookshoot at gmail.com and want to mention again about the uh, Wrestling Behind Ringside Fan Fest 2020 coming up next year, July 25th of 2020. Uh, that's, that is on a Saturday. There will be two shows, an 8 a.m. and a 2 p.m. The Super VIP tickets, again, will go on sale June the 7th of 2019. So just a couple of weeks here, those will be going on sale. Now, the Super VIP tickets are $200 each. Uh, those include 15 photo ops, which that alone is worth the $200 price tag on those. Uh, now, it does not include uh, photo ops with the two surprise WWE Hall of Fame guests. Um, again, those are a surprise guests, so they won't be announced. It'll be uh, obviously a surprise, but uh, trust me, definitely worth worth the price. You'll also receive a uh, tote bag, collector cup, wristband, priority entry into both shows with the Super VIP tickets. And the uh, so far, the uh, superstars uh, that have been announced for the show thus far are uh, Pretty Paul Roma, formerly of WWE and WCW, as well as uh, the Patriot Del Wilkes. So, uh, and there'll be more announcements coming in the in the coming weeks for uh, superstars and legends and Hall of Famers that are going to be a part of that show. And uh, head on over to WrestlingBehindRingside.com for all the information and uh, tickets when they go on sale and things like that. And don't forget, I will be. Uh, having a break the code contest for two VIP tickets starting in July. Uh, now these are not the super VIP tickets. I think I might have uh, uh, got my got my wires crossed last week when I was talking about this. But these are two VIP tickets, uh, which uh, basically it'll be for either the 8 a.m. or the 2 p.m. show, not both. But uh, yeah, starting in July we'll be having a contest, and I will be uh, giving out a. Uh, uh, basically a keyword every week and at the end of the contest uh, however many weeks it runs for you put all those words together in the proper order and uh, you know send in your answer once you have broken the code and for everybody that sends in a correct answer we uh, put all the names into a bowl and I do a live drawing right here on the show and uh, you know whoever's name gets drawn out is uh, is the winner for two of the uh, the VIP tickets now that does not include travel or accommodations so you would have to 
um, you know, handle your own transportation to Louisiana and your own uh, accommodations there. But it, like I said, it includes uh, entry into either the 8 a.m. or the 2 p.m. show, and um, you know, photo ops and all the all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, keep uh, keep tuning in for that. Like I said, it'll be starting in uh, in July with that. I'm looking at probably Fourth of July weekend, hopefully to start uh, putting putting those code words out there. Like I said, you put uh, put all the words together in the proper order, send it in to either uh, the email or uh, Twitter. I'm not sure which one. I'll make you know definitely be making that announcement uh, how to submit your answers uh, beforehand. But uh, yes, like I said, everybody who submits the correct answer will have their names put into a drawing to get a, a pair of VIP tickets for the WBR Fan Fest 2020. So keep listening for that. So let's uh, get into what's been going on here this week in wrestling. I'm going to kind of blow through the, uh, uh, some stuff pretty quick here to get to the big story of this week. But uh, Money in the Bank happened last week. Uh, we saw Bailey win the Money in the Bank uh, women's match. Uh, and then later on uh, cashed in on Charlotte, who defeated Becky Lynch for the SmackDown women's title. Bailey cashed in on Charlotte, and Bailey is your new SmackDown women's champion. So... Uh, bit of a surprise there but definitely an, uh, a welcome one so uh, we'll have to see how bailey fares as your new smackdown women's champion uh as far as the men's money in the bank match i you know it was a great match up until about the last two minutes we saw brock lesnar come in and basically just climb the ladder and take the briefcase so brock lesnar is now mr money in the bank um yeah personally not real fond of that outcome i uh you know i liked the fact that ali was up there alone, had his hands on the briefcase. I, I really thought Ali was going to be the winner at that point before Brock came out. Um, you know, I, I would have loved to see Ali take the briefcase and, you know, kind of get back into the title picture that was uh, kind of taken away from him when he, uh, well, he, I mean, he had an injury. It's not like it was taken away from him maliciously, maliciously or something like that. It just, uh, he was injured, couldn't compete in the, uh, the Hell in the Cell and ended up getting replaced by Kofi Kingston, who of course now is your WWE champion. So I think Ali winning that money in the bank would have been, you know, a good uh, a good way to work him back into uh, title contention because it seemed like that was where he was being pushed uh, before before he went down with the injury. So uh, hopefully they'll they'll put him back in that spot at some point because uh, especially with you know with the uh, Saudi Arabia show coming up and stuff like that. I just think that, I mean, there's a built-in storyline there with him and Kofi, you know, with Ali kind of losing his opportunity because of injury, Kofi stepping up and obviously taking advantage of it. There's a built-in storyline with the two of them. And, uh, you know, like I said, with the Saudi Arabia show coming up, uh, Ali is a, uh, a proud Muslim. And I think that would, uh, you know, it would have made a great story for the Saudi audience. I'm not saying they uh, that the WWE would have had to make that, you know, first and foremost in the storyline, but it's definitely something that they could have uh, played on, made mention of, and it would have played great for the uh, for the Saudi audience for uh, Super Showdown coming up. But uh, yeah, so on uh, Raw this week, we saw the introduction of a new championship, uh, the 24/7 Championship. Can't say I'm overly impressed with this one. I I like the concept. Don't get me wrong. I like the concept of the 24/7 title, especially with a huge social media presence that WWE has right now. You know, you have the potential for a match to take place literally anywhere at any time. 
uh, and you know uh, having impromptu matches pop up on like Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or Instagram or or pretty much anywhere so the 24-7 concept I think is, is a is a good one um, the name of the title I, I don't think there was a whole lot of thought put into it um, I, it just seemed like it was uh, possibly rushed a little bit and uh, the the physical championship itself I, I have to say is uh, well the best word I can come up with is hideous I just I'm not a fan of that belt uh, you know I mean if, uh, if there's somebody out there who likes it hey great you know no you know far be it for me to begrudge anybody their opinion uh, it's just you know it's, it's my opinion I don't I do not like that championship belt I just think it uh, I don't know it looks uh, looks like a kid's toy um, it's just not a lot of again not a lot of thought put into it I don't think so uh, you know but it is what it is uh, R-Truth currently is the champion the first one was Titus O'Neil followed by uh, Robert Roode and then R-Truth that all happened on Monday and Truth has had it since then so thus far he is the longest reigning 24-7 champion um, on SmackDown saw the return of Dolph Ziggler he is going to be the one challenging Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship at Super Showdown uh, again I thought you know Ali would have fit well into that role but I, I'm not uh, part of the WWE creative team so they uh, you know obviously have their own ideas uh, but apparently the reason Ziggler was brought in is because Kevin Owens has chosen not to make the trip to Saudi Arabia uh, for a couple of reasons if the the online buzz is to be believed one is uh, just kind of showing support to Sami Zayn, who's basically banned from traveling to Saudi Arabia because uh, because of his own heritage, uh, his Syrian heritage. And uh, another reason is that apparently his family asked him not to go, which I I find understandable. I mean, it's not uh, not the safest place in the world, so to speak. And uh, you know, just a lot of a uh, lot of tension, a lot of things going on, a lot of controversy with WWE going over there anyway. So uh, yeah. Kevin Owens making the choice to uh, to not make that trip, and you know who could who could blame him? I mean, especially if his family did ask him not to make the trip. Um, also, not making that trip, obviously, is Sami Zayn, as I just said, and uh, apparently, Alistair Black has uh, not that he has chosen not to make the trip, but he has basically been told that he's not going uh, because of uh, some religious iconography in his tattoos that apparently would be offensive to the uh, to the Saudi audience. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's, you know, it's another country. They have their own laws and rules and traditions and things like that. So, not not too much anyone can say about that. Um, you know, it's WWE kind of placating to, uh, to the audience and to the Saudi royal family who is, you know, uh, paying them to be there. So, it, it is what it is. Um, the, uh, probably the best story this week for WWE is uh, NXT TakeOver 25 taking place next Saturday. Uh, looks like you know a phenomenal lineup as usual for NXT TakeOvers. I don't uh, don't think I've ever seen a bad NXT TakeOver, to, to be honest. I mean, every one of them has been outstanding. Uh, great matches all around. And, uh, you know, they're never overloaded like a lot of WWE pay-per-views tend to be. You know, it's usually four, five, six matches. That's about it. Uh, this particular one looks like there are five matches booked for it. And uh, I'm going to go through those real quick right now. For the uh, NXT Championship, we've got Johnny Gargano defending against Adam Cole. I'm looking for Adam Cole to win this one. I kind of have a feeling, you know, it's uh, the Undisputed Era's time, so to speak. So I, I'm pulling for Adam Cole in this one. Plus, I did uh, read that uh, Gargano has been nursing an injury, so they may... 
take the title off of him to give him some time off. Um, we'll have to see how that one goes. For the NXT Women's Championship, we've got Shayna Baszler defending against Io Shirai. Uh, I don't see the championship coming off of Baszler just yet. Again, I mean, she, uh, you know, a lot of people made the comparison with Ronda Rousey kind of being the female Brock Lesnar, and I, uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think if there is a female Brock Lesnar, I think it's Shayna Baszler. You know, she's kind of that indestructible, you know, unbeatable MMA-type monster uh, on the women's side. So, uh, you know, and I, I see them uh, probably keeping that title on her for a while longer. So I'm, I'm picking Shayna Baszler to retain in this one against Io Shirai. For the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships, we've got Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch versus the Street Profits versus the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish versus the Forgotten Sons, Wesley Blake and Steve Cutler in a ladder match for the vacant titles. Uh, again, with this one, I think it's I think it's the Undisputed Era's time, so I am picking O'Reilly and Fish to win this one. Um, for the North American Championship, Velveteen Dream is defending against Tyler Breeze. Uh, I'd like to see Breeze win this one, but I don't know if he's back in NXT full-time or if this is kind of a one-off thing, so we'll have to see what happens. But I, I'm actually going to pick uh, Velveteen Dream to retain in this one. And then we've got a singles match with Roderick Strong versus Matt Riddle. Uh, Matt Riddle kind of been a, a thorn in the side of uh, the Undisputed Era the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm picking Roderick Strong in this one. Like I said, I'm looking for, I think this is the Undisputed Era's time right now. So I'm looking for Cole to take the, uh, the NXT Championship. Uh, O'Reilly and Fish to take the tag team titles, mostly because they didn't, you know, they've been champions before, but they didn't have a really good run with those titles uh, because Bobby Fish got injured, and that's when uh, Roderick Strong kind of had to step in, and it was O'Reilly and Strong as the uh, the tag team champs. So I'm looking for Fish and O'Reilly to to win this one, but uh, yeah, and I I would think sooner rather than later you're going to see uh, Roderick Strong going after. Um, the uh, the North American Championship for uh, Undisputed Era to kind of control all of the gold in NXT. That was you know their stated goal at the beginning of the year. So I think uh, I think now is the time for that uh, for that to happen. So we'll have to see how that all turns out at the uh, the NXT Takeover 25. Like I said, coming up next Saturday. So getting into the big story this week. Uh, of course, I am talking about All Elite Wrestling's first ever uh, pay-per-view event double or nothing just took place last night and i said it online a few times last night and i'm going to say it again right here i'm going on on record with it this was the best wrestling pay-per-view of the year so far um you know in my opinion bar none uh so you know i've, I've seen a lot of people that disagree and things like that and we'll get into that later uh but before i get into the uh, match results and everything aew has signed dean malenko uh, as a producer and a coach, so that's a, a big, big pickup for them. And there was also a lot made of uh, an ad that ran on TNT during the NBA playoffs uh, for Double or Nothing, and uh, you know that that's huge. Uh, an advertisement for a wrestling event during a major mainstream sporting event. I mean, you know, it's the NBA playoffs. It's one of the most watched uh, uh, sporting events in the United States. So to uh, to run an ad for a wrestling pay per view you know, in the middle of a game, you know, live is huge. And, uh, you know, people are, are kind of picking at uh, little things about it. Like uh, Marv Albert was the one who read the advertisement, mispronounced Chris Jericho's name. Marv Albert's not a wrestling guy. I, I'm willing to bet he has no clue who Chris Jericho is. I'm willing to bet he has no clue who Roman Reigns is or anything like that. He probably, you know, the extent of his wrestling knowledge, I'm guessing, is probably Hulk Hogan. 
and that's probably about it. So he mispronounced the guy's name. Not a big deal. You know, I mean, should should maybe somebody have gone over that, you know, that read with him before it was put on live TV? Yeah, maybe. Okay, you know, make sure his name is Jericho. But, you know, it is what it is. They, bottom line, AEW was advertised on a major TV network during a major sp- mainstream sporting event. That's not uh, not something you typically see. Uh, and then, of course, people are saying, oh, well, it's on TNT. That's AEW's network. Well, yeah, where would you like to see them advertise? I mean, you don't typically see television stations advertising shows or events for other stations unless they're under the same umbrella. Like, you know, you'll see advertisements for Disney on uh, ABC networks, obviously, because they're owned by the same company. So, But you're not going to see an advertisement for AEW or Double or Nothing on Fox or or something like that. You know, it, it, that's that's not really how it works. You know, you, networks advertise for their own programming. So, um, you know, I, I'm not really sure what to say about that other than duh. But, uh, you know, I mean, look at it this way. When is When's the last time you saw an ad for a WWE event or a WWE television show on any major sporting event, I, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say pretty much never. You know, and you know, I, I'm aware that's probably going to change coming up here very quickly with uh, WWE making the move to Fox. You're gonna see ads running, you know, on Fox and Fox Sports probably during NFL games and Major League Baseball and NASCAR or whatever else they show on Fox. You're, you know, I'm sure they're gonna have a lot of advertising for it because Fox has put a lot of money into this. They want eyes on the product, so yeah, they're gonna. I'm sure be pushing WWE very heavily on their other programming. But, uh, you know, for people to downplay the significance of AEW getting uh, ad time during the NBA playoffs, I mean, you know, it's not just TNT doing that. The, the NBA had to sign off on that, too. So that should that should tell you something right there. So anyway, let's get into Double or Nothing last night. Uh, like I said, for me, best wrestling pay-per-view of the year so far <clears throat> and it was, uh, yeah, I mean, top to bottom, fantastic matches. Uh, on the uh, pre-show, we had two matches. We had uh, a singles match between Kip Sabian and Sammy Guevara. Um, great, just a great opening match, great way to showcase these two young guys. And see, that to me is what a pre-show is all about. You know, if you're going to have matches on your kickoff show, use it to showcase your young talent, your up-and-comers, you know, your your newer guys not to, uh, you know, use it as a vessel to just get everybody on the show or to, you know, um, uh, to, sh- to have defenses for titles that you don't care about. Like in WWE's case, you all, almost always see the Cruiserweight Championship on the on the kickoff show, which I, I think is kind of a slap in the face to those guys, because, you know, this is supposed to be a major championship. It's a top title for that brand. So why should it not be on the main pay-per-view card? You know, if you're going to have matches on your your kickoff show for WWE, use it to showcase, again, younger up-and-coming talent. You know, throw some NXT guys out there, some NXT UK guys, some of the younger newer 205 Live guys, and just let them go out there and put on some great matches like Kip Sabian and Sammy Guevara did last night. Uh, it was a fantastic 10-minute match with these guys, and this was the shortest match of the show. It was 10 minutes. So, you know, that uh, there was no, you know, it wasn't rushed. It wasn't, and I'm talking about the show in general, it wasn't rushed. It wasn't, uh, you didn't have any squash matches. 
you know, you had guys going out there and giving the time to do their thing because, you know, it was a four-hour show and it wasn't overloaded with matches, you know, from the, the beginning of the pre-show it's at 6 p.m. Chicago time to the end of the main show at 11 p.m. Chicago time, you had nine matches. That, that's pretty much perfect. And uh, so the other match on the pre-show now was the uh, the Casino Battle Royale. And uh, that I, I like the concept of this. It was a little bit uh, little bit Royal Rumble, kind of a, a little bit of war games in a way, with you know five guys, uh, five man, not really teams, but five guys coming out at a time. Then you had that last uh, the Joker wild card spot, whatever you want to call it, which was Adam Page who ended up being the winner and uh, earned himself uh, a spot in the first ever uh, AEW World Championship match. Uh, and he will be facing the uh, the winner of the Chris Jericho-Kenny Omega match. We'll get to that one a little bit later. Uh, moving on to the main show, we had started off with a six-man tag team match. SoCal Uncensored, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky going up against the Stronghearts from the OWE uh, organization from China. And that team was Shima, T-Hawk, and L. Lindemann. Uh, fantastic match with these guys. Now, SoCal Uncensored is... Uh, been over in uh, in China working with these guys the last couple of weeks. I'm sure you know getting to know them and working on timing and stuff because obviously there's a language barrier there. So it's going to be, you know, it presents a challenge in working a match. So I'm sure that was part of the reason they were over there to kind of work together, get a feel for each other and things like that. And they ended up having a fantastic match. So Callan Censored uh, was victorious in that one. Uh, then we had what originally started out as a triple threat match and turned into a fatal four-way with uh, with the women. was originally supposed to be Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and Kylie Ray, and at the last minute, Brandy Rhodes decided to uh, throw a little curveball in there. Added Awesome Kong to the match. Uh, first time seeing Awesome Kong in in a wrestling ring in quite a while. Definitely a welcome surprise. The crowd went nuts for that one. Um, Britt Baker did come out on top in this one. Uh, Eleven minutes and ten seconds. Like I said, they. You know, they gave these matches the time they deserved, the time they needed, so nobody had to go out there and rush through. Uh, you know, they let them go out there and tell a story, and it was just a fantastic match with these four. Then we had a tag team match with uh, best friends Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta against Angelico and uh, Jack Evans. Again, great tag team match. Um, you know, it... Uh, uh, the best friends were victorious in this one, but the tag team tag team division in AEW is uh, is no joke. I mean, they you know this is going to be uh, it's not going to be like WWE where tag team wrestling is kind of an afterthought with these kind of cut and paste thrown together tag teams. You know, the, these are legit teams who have been working together for for a good amount of time, and uh, you know I'm I'm really liking the way that the AEW tag team division is looking. I can't wait to see them. Uh, um, you know, unveil a tag team title and see how uh, how that's going to work out, how they're going to crown their first champions. Uh, then we had a six-woman tag team match uh, with uh, six Japanese superstars. Uh, and I apologize if I get these names wrong because uh, I honestly was not familiar with any of these women except for Aja Kong, who I had obviously seen uh, previously um, during the uh, the Monday Night Wars. She had some, uh, some matches in WCW, but it was Aja Kong... Um, Yuka Sakazaki and Emi Sakura versus Hikaru Shida, uh, Ryo Abe, and Ryo Mizunami. Uh, again, great match. Um, 
some some great storytelling and you know there were people complaining about some botches during some of these matches and you know i think number one it comes from in um in the case of like the best friends versus angelico and jack evans i think it just comes from unfamiliarity they haven't you know haven't worked together a whole lot at least not that i've seen but uh you know in other cases you got to take into account uh with some of these uh some of these guys guys and girls that uh you know this is the first time they've been on an event of this size with this large of an audience and i'm sure nerves come into play so uh you know i think you have to uh i think you have to give a little leeway because even wwe people botch every now and then you know sometimes even more than that so you know for you to key on tiny little spots i'm sorry you're just uh you're nitpicking is what you're doing and uh, you're just looking for something to uh to complain about and that that's pretty much all i can say about it but yeah the six woman tag team match i was i was really impressed with some of these younger younger women that were out there on um, i'm i'm hoping it, it's not real clear if any of them are actually signed with aew or if this was just kind of a one-off thing uh so but obviously we'll see going forward when their women's division starts to develop i'm sure they're going to have a uh, women's championship at some point so i'm hoping that at least some of these women that were in the six six woman match will be uh, a permanent part of aew uh next we had uh, the one that i was looking forward to more than anything else a singles match between cody rhodes and dustin rhodes um i mean th- this was probably the most emotional match of the night uh, a lot of um yeah just some great storytelling going on uh saw uh, quite quite a lot of blood coming from dustin he took a uh shot in the corner to the exposed turnbuckle and then took a shot from uh, brandy Rhodes with uh with cody's cane um but yeah he uh, was uh yeah it was very very old school um you know the whole brother versus brother thing but uh, like cody had previously said it was generation versus generation he said he wanted to kind of kill the uh the attitude era and uh he he i think succeeded with that last night now a lot of people buzzing today about cody's entrance um and of course the the first thing everybody saw before cody entered the arena was a throne at the top of the stage with the skulls and the iron cross uh you know everybody knows what that's in reference to of course that is uh triple h uh kind of his his trademark wrestlemania type entrance with the big uh big throne and everything uh the king of kings and all that and then of course uh brandy pulling the sledgehammer out from under the ring again a la triple h uh cody taking that sledgehammer and basically destroying that throne and it was very very symbolic and you know uh uh, i saw a lot of people saying online i said to myself "Ooh, you know shots had been fired in the uh in the in the war between wwe and aew and you know it, it was uh like cody said you know it's uh you know not necessarily triple h himself it's about that that generation you know the attitude era and also him uh you know kind of saying uh like he mentioned in the press conference afterwards he's he's uh first and foremost he's a wrestler he yes he's an evp of the company but uh you know he's not ready to step away from the ring the the way that triple h has you know and i think that's kind of what a lot of people were expecting him to do so it's just him saying you know that that this isn't going to be me you know i'm not going to be the one to uh just show up once or twice a year and that and that's it uh, but you know, yeah, it was an obvious shot at the WWE, and I think it, uh, you know, I think it added to the show. I mean, I, it, 
you know, they could have, I think it could have been, uh, you know, could have been much worse than it was, but I think, you know, it was, like I said, it was very symbolic and I think it served a purpose. It wasn't gratuitous and it, uh, you know, it, like I said, it served its purpose. It got the message across. Uh, as far as the match itself with Cody and Dustin, like I said, it was a very old school type match. Um, you know, a lot of lot of emotions. Uh, you know, people uh, in the crowd chanting for uh, for Dusty, their father, and uh, it was just it, it. To me, it was the match of the night. I I really can't put into words. You know, because I grew up as a Dusty Rhodes fan to see his two uh, his two boys in there putting on a match that uh, Dusty himself would have been proud to see and proud to be a part of. Um, you know, it was just, uh, it was, it was magic is the best word I can come up with for it. Uh, and that's, you know, but that's my opinion. I know some people didn't, didn't care for it, uh, saying, oh, Dustin's too old and things like that. And, uh, if that, you know, if that's the case, I think you're focusing on the wrong thing. And I, I don't think you, uh, I don't think you fully get it and that's okay. You know, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But, uh, yeah, like I said, Cody versus Dustin, to me, the match of the night. Cody was victorious, and uh, at the end of the match, Dustin was in the process of taking his boots off in the middle of the ring, which is uh, symbolic in wrestling of uh, a wrestler retiring. And Cody got back in the ring and basically told him, no, you're not, you're not retiring here because I have a tag team match against the Young Bucks at uh, the Fighter Fest that they have coming up. And I want you as my partner. So, uh, and obviously Dustin accepted. Um, the uh, the spot itself was very reminiscent of when the uh, of the speech that uh, Dusty made to Dustin in WCW when uh, when Dustin needed a partner to go against uh, Arn Anderson when Arn Anderson had stabbed Dustin in the back. You know when he. Uh, and uh, you know Cody basically saying I don't need a partner I don't need a friend I need my big brother and it was uh, you know it was just a, a really cool moment really like I said harken back to uh, a dusty promo and you know just a moment moment of the night in my opinion then uh, moving on from there we had for the uh, AAA Tag Team Championship the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers Pentagon and uh, Ray Phoenix um, yeah, wow, just uh, is the only thing I can say about this. The Young Bucks did retain, which a lot of people seem to have a problem with saying, oh, of course the Bucks put themselves over, uh, books and book themselves to win, things like that. I don't think people understand the fact that, uh, you know, AAA still has control over the booking for their championships. This was a, a AAA sanctioned match for the AAA tag team titles. So, you know, obviously AAA wants to... Uh, uh, wants the Bucks to hold on to those belts for a little while longer. Now, my my guess is uh, they want them to probably hold them until their Triple Mania event, which uh, will be coming up this summer, and you know drop the belts probably back to Phoenix and Pentagon or possibly to a different team uh, in in Mexico at their big event. You know, so it get, it gets more eyes on Triple H. It gets you know eyes that uh, might are on Triple H on Triple A, excuse me, <laughs> but uh, you know some eyes that you know might not have uh, might not be familiar with Triple A, might not be familiar with Lucha Libre in general, and uh, you know gets uh, you know hopefully gets some some curiosity going, say hey maybe I should uh, you know check this other company out that uh, that AEW is kind of hyping, so you know I think it uh, it's good for good for both companies. So but yeah the uh, the Young Bucks did retain the title, one of the best tag team matches I've seen in years, quite honestly. Uh, the the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers to me are the two best tag teams in the world, and that's not taking anything away from 
some of the top teams in WWE. I mean, I love the Usos. I love the Revival. Uh, the Bar, which isn't uh, apparently isn't a tag team anymore, you know, went from one of those cut and paste thrown together teams to being a phenomenal tag team. So I'm I'm not taking anything away from those guys. I'm just saying that of the, all the great tag teams that are in wrestling right now, these are the two best: the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks. Um, and the Bucks did retain, but I, I highly doubt this is the last match we'll see between the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. Uh, the main event of the night, of course, Alpha versus Omega 2, Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega. Uh, Chris Jericho's entrance for the night was uh, was really cool, in my opinion. It kind of went through the different uh, uh, personas of Jericho. We saw the Lionheart, we saw the List, we saw the, uh, the light-up jacket, and that kind of things. And... Uh, you know, obviously his uh, his current persona, which is kind of the the uh, arrogant, you know, um, rock and roll type. You know, I'm Mr. Everything, I'm the best in the world, and things like that. And you know, Jericho, I, it it doesn't matter how old Jericho is, doesn't matter how long he's been around. He is one kind of like the Undertaker who can reinvent himself and keep himself relevant and. You know, he, he's changed his style over the years uh, to uh, to uh, prolong his career. And he, I mean, he's still one of the, one of the best in the world. Uh, no doubt about it. I don't care, you know, how old he is. I mean, you look at other guys that have wrestled into their late 40s and 50s. Um, and Jericho blows them all away as far as I'm concerned because he's still, you know, he can still get in there and he's as good as he has ever been. Uh, and you know, if you if you disagree, I'm sorry, but uh, it's that's just kind of the way it is. But uh, and Kenny Omega, I mean, what what can be said about Omega that hasn't already been said? For my money, Kenny Omega, the best wrestler in the world right now. Um, and again, I'm not taking anything away from anybody else. I'm not taking anything away from AJ or uh, or Finn Balor or you know anybody. It's just of all the phenomenal wrestlers that are out there. To me, Kenny Omega is number one. He is the best wrestler in the world. Period. Um, you know, and, and even for me, that that's kind of a tough call because I'm a huge fan of Kazuchika Okada, and I I put him right up at the same level with Kenny Omega. So for me, they're it's probably one A and one B because <laughs> I can't can't really say I can't I can't pick you know who's better uh, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah, Kenny Kenny Omega the uh, top guy as far as I'm concerned, but Chris Jericho was victorious in this match, so it will be Chris Jericho versus Hangman Page to crown the first ever AEW World Champion. I'm assuming that title is going to be decided at uh, one of their one of their other pay-per-views coming up uh, prior to their TV starting in October. I'm sure they want to go into TV with an established World Champion. So I would look for, uh, you know, over the next four or five months for AEW AEW to be announcing that uh, that match between Hangman Page and Chris Jericho, and I'm going to make my pick on that one right now. I'm going to say Hangman Page is going to be your first AEW World Champion. I uh, I just don't think Jericho, you know, as much as I I love Chris Jericho, I just got done talking about how great I think he is. I just don't think he'd be the right pick for your first World Champion. I'm not saying he can't ever be AEW World Champion because I'm sure he will at some point. But uh, I think if you're starting a new company and you want to say we're different, we're new, we're, you know, the alternative, you know, we're not going to do the same old stuff that you keep seeing with the other guys, then you need to have somebody new as the face of your company. And for AEW, I think that person is Hangman Page. 
So that that's my my pick for the first AEW World Heavyweight Champion, or excuse me, World Champion. They don't specify heavyweight, which I like. It's just AEW World Champion. Uh, so into some of the surprises from last night, uh, big one right at the end of the show after the Jericho and Omega match, we saw the debut with John Moxley, who, according to Cody Rhodes, has signed a multi-year deal with AEW, so he will be full-time with them, which is awesome. Uh, came out, attacked Kenny Omega, uh, hit a huge spot off of the, uh, the staging area, <laughs> putting Omega basically through part of that staging area uh with uh using using a uh, an attitude adjustment of all moves to do that um but yeah so it was uh just a really cool debut crowd went nuts for it uh so john moxley is a part of aew um yeah had a surprise appearance from brett the hitman hart came out to unveil the aew world heavyweight championship belt um yeah the, the belt to me looks amazing uh it you know, they had been saying it's going to kind of harken back to the old Mid-South North American Championship, which it does uh, as far as, you know, the general design of it. But it's not a carbon copy of that belt. Uh, it is, you know, a more modern type design. But as far as the size of it, it's a, a five-plate design with the plates kind of not overlapping each other, but it has that effect. And, uh, yeah, it's just a beautiful, beautiful championship belt. Um I, I, and I said it online, you know, it's the best looking belt since the big gold belt. Because uh, the, the WWE championships right now are kind of kind of cookie cutter. You know, I mean, I like the fact that uh, the men's top title and the women's top title look the same, have the same basic design. Because it, uh, you know, to me, just visually kind of puts them on the same level. You know, they, they have their own uniqueness as far as, like, coloring and things like that. But the overall design of them is, is similar, so I like that. But it's just, I don't know, it doesn't wow me, I guess would be the best way to put it. You know, I don't dislike the WWE belts. It's just, I think they, uh, you know, it's kind of, a, like I said, it's kind of a cookie-cutter design. They just kind of use, you know that uh, that particular design for for pretty much everything uh the, like the best belts right now to me in wwe are the, uh, the uk tag team titles i love the designs of those championships because they're they look different than everything else wwe has i mean as far as nxt goes every belt in nxt looks the same and you know i mean there there's no uniqueness there but, uh, yeah, I, I love the design of this belt. A lot of people online say, oh, it's ugly and things like that. And, you know, if that's your opinion, that's fine. But, you know, where, where I have a problem is when people say, oh, it's ugly. And if you think different, you're stupid. I've actually saw people online saying that. I'm like, who made you the authority? You know, who are you to tell somebody else what they can or can't like? I personally, I like the AEW belt. If you don't, that's totally your decision. And I respect that. You know, say it's ugly all you want. I mean, you know, it's your opinion. That's not not to your you know not to your taste when it comes to championship belts. That's fine. Perfect. You know, perfectly. Uh, like I said, I, I respect your opinion a hundred percent. It's when you start telling me that my opinion's crap because it goes against what you think that there's an issue. But we'll let that one go for right now. Uh, another appearance was uh, Sean Spears, formerly known as Ty Dillinger, in the. Uh, uh, the uh, the battle royal course entered at number ten, a uh, little little symbolic there. Uh, obviously, didn't win the battle royal, put on a pretty good showing, but uh, had uh, like I said before, the debut of Awesome Kong. I'm curious to see if this was like a one-time appearance or if it's going to be uh, 
you know, if she's going to be a regular uh, on on AEW. We'll have to find that out going forward. Uh, an interesting note from Cody Rhodes in the post-show press conference. Uh, apparently, Tony Khan himself produced the show as far as timing out the matches and things like that. So, uh, you know, for his first time doing something like that, I got to say I'm impressed. He did a damn good job if that was the case. Now, I'm sure he obviously had help. He's never produced a wrestling show before. But if he was the, the lead producer on the show, hey, you know, kudos to him. He did awesome. Uh, some other stuff mentioned by Cody during his uh, uh Post, post-show post interviews, um, I think it's pretty much um, universally known by now, their their TV show is going to be TV 14, which is great, and it allows for a little more leeway than what we see with WWE as far as like blood and uh, a little more risque type content, so, uh, and, you know, Cody may mention the fact, you know, TV is going to be TV, it's going to be very sports-centric, like, you know, a, an actual sport event, like an NBA game, you know, you, you, uh, you know, you'll occasionally hear players on the court swearing or, you know, something like that. And they just kind of move the camera off of them. It's not, you know, uh, uh, it's not a big deal. And I, and he's basically alluding to the fact that uh, AEW is going to be the same thing. You know, the uh, TV is going to be a little more realistic, not so scripted. So, you know, you're, you're going to see and hear some stuff on there that you, you know that you don't hear or see on WWE TV. Uh, and then when it comes to pay-per-views, they're, they're going to you know, they can amp it up a little bit because it's pay-per-view. It's not broadcast television, so you can do more than, you know, like uh, we saw last night during the pay-per-view. saw a lot of a lot of people getting flipped off. So, um, and Cody even said, you know, maybe a little too much, but, you know, you'll see stuff like that on, on a pay-per-view. You might hear some more colorful language, quote-unquote, on a pay-per-view because it's pay-per-view. You expect it to be, a, a, you know, so you expect it to have the volume turned up a little more than just during the regular weekly television show. Um, he said he even had spoken to uh, to Tony Khan about doing a pay-per-view where they kind of ramp it up even more. So it sounds almost like, uh, you know, the way he was talking about it, almost like uh, hearkening back to an old ECW pay-per-view possibly. So I'd be be very curious to see see how that goes because I think it's something they could pull off very well just based on some of the matches uh, that we saw last night. Uh, Cody also mentioned they're not going to be doing pay-per-views every month, which I think is fantastic, especially since, you know, it is the more traditional pay-per-view format. It's not like WWE Network where, you know, people are paying $10 a month and they can see every pay-per-view that's put out. You know, people are going to have to pay individually for these, uh, at least for the time being. And, you know, he's, he said flat out it's $50 a month. We're asking these people to come out of the, uh, come out of their, out of their pocket with a, a substantial amount of money. You know, $50 is not, uh, not small change, or at least it's not to me, but you know, it's, it's doable for me, especially if they're only going to have like maybe four to six pay-per-views a year, you know? So I, I think that's uh, smart on, on his part, and uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. I've always said I think four to six pay-per-views a year is the perfect number because it keeps them special. You know, it's not just like... Because uh, I think most people would agree a lot of WWE pay-per-views nowadays, it's not really any different than an episode of Raw. You know, it doesn't have that big fight feel. It doesn't feel special anymore. So I think AEW is going to try to bring that bring that back. Uh, another announcement made last night is that AEW is coming back to Chicago this Labor Day weekend with 
another uh, big event called All Out in the same venue where they held All In last year at the Sears Center just outside of Chicago. And part of that weekend will also be StarCast 3. So that uh, that will be over Labor Day weekend. It'll be, I believe it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday here in Chicago. Same venues as last year. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Tickets go on sale for uh, for StarCast this coming Wednesday. And tickets for All Out go on sale June 14th. I will be attending both. So, um, yeah, Labor Day weekend is going to be a very uh, busy one, but a very fun one for uh, for me and anybody else who can make their way to Chicago. Um, so let's get into some of the online buzz um, that, that's been going on the last couple of days. I already been, made mention, you know, a lot of WWE fans kind of hating on the belt, uh, the, the AEW world title. Oh, it's ugly. It's hard to read. It looks like the, the New Japan title, which it doesn't. It looks nothing like the New Japan title. Uh, other than it's a five-plate belt. I mean, beyond that, there's no similarities between the two whatsoever as far as size, shape, color, or anything else. So, not not sure. I think uh, people are kind of grasping at straws just looking for something to hate. Um, some people actually saying the pay-per-view was boring. Uh, if you say it was boring, I'm sorry, you, you weren't watching it then. Because <laughs> there was nothing boring about this pay-per-view. Every one of these matches, at least for me, kept me interested I, I, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm curious to know what specifically was boring. What, what did you find not entertaining or not, uh, you know, what didn't, uh, didn't grab your attention? What didn't you like about it? I would love for somebody to be specific and, you know, objectively specific, not just saying it was boring or hating on something simply because you're a WWE fan and you refuse to give anything else a chance because, that that's just you know very close-minded but uh you know again uh complaining about no storylines well it's their first show where do you want the storylines to come from do you want them to spend the first hour laying down groundwork for a storyline then the the last two hours rushing through matches to play those storylines out it you know their television show hasn't started yet i mean that you you know they if you want to, if you want some type of background, go back and watch Being the Elite on YouTube, or watch The Road to Double or Nothing on the the Nightmare Family YouTube channel. And you know there were some storylines. They're not heavy, heavy storylines as far as you know. I, it's just it's it's about the in-ring product. This particular show was about the in-ring product to establish, hey, this is a talent we have. Look at what they can do. And that that was it. You know, there was a storyline in place for the the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. There was a storyline in place for Omega and Jericho, and there was a, a storyline in place for Cody and Dustin for your three top matches on the show. And you know, the the rest of it, the other six matches on the show, it's uh, I mean, you gotta you know, again, like I said, it's the it's all about showcasing the talent, showcasing this new company. And saying, hey, look, at, you know, this is what we got. These are the guys that we've signed. Look at what they can do. And I think they did a damn good job of that. Um, people saying it was it was too choreographed and it was all flippy wrestling. Again, you obviously weren't watching because it wasn't all about the uh, the high flying acrobatic stuff. It was, you know, there was a lot of great, great actual wrestling going on not just high spots yes there there was a, a fair share of high spots like you see in any wrestling show but uh you know it was much more than that so again you know if that's your complaint that it was choreographed and flippy and things like that it 
you, you didn't watch. You're just pulling stuff out of thin air. Uh, as far as uh, more people complaining about n- a bunch of no-name mid-card wrestlers, just because you don't know who they are doesn't mean they're no-name nobodies. You know, I, I mean, the, the people in attendance obviously knew who they were. The people that paid their $50 to watch on TV knew who most of these people were. I, I, I It really... It appears that there were actually some people out there who took $50 of their own money out of their pocket and paid for this pay-per-view just so they could come online and complain about it later, which to me is, why waste your money like that? If you don't care to see it, then don't watch it. If you're just a WWE fan, that's great. If that's all you've ever known, that's all you ever cared to know as far as pro wrestling, then great, stick to it. But if you're going to spend your own hard-earned money to watch a pay-per-view, at least have enough of an open mind to give it a chance and understand that this is something different. It's not going to be like a WWE show. You know, th- this is going to be a complete departure from that. It's going to be different. You're not going to know who all the guys are if the only thing you watch is WWE. But be open to finding out who they are rather than just saying, I don't know who this guy is. He probably sucks. Well, that, that, again, very close-minded view, and for people to, you know, just basically throw away $50 just to have something to complain about, it, it's just insane to me. But, it, again, it is what it is. Uh, again, more people saying, you know, it's not going to last. Uh, I, I highly doubt that. This isn't, uh, you know, I don't think it's going to be some flash in the pan. Uh, I mean, they, they've got some serious backing, and... You know, make no mistake, AEW is not an indie. A lot of people keep calling it an indie. It is not an indie because, I'm sorry, uh, companies like WWE, obviously, but New Japan, Impact, Ring of Honor, MLW, these are not independent companies. You know, just because a company is smaller than WWE or is a brand new company like AEW, it, it doesn't mean it's an indie. If the company has a corporate structure has contracted wrestlers and has national television and pay-per-view, it's not an indie. You know, an indie is a local promotion. Maybe they have some local television, but they have a, a you know a big local fan base. They bring in, you know, they don't have a specific set of contracted wrestlers that wrestle for them every week or every month. You know, that's an independent promotion. But if you have, again, a corporate structure, you have contracted wrestlers, and you have weekly television and you know uh, national television and and pay-per-view that that's not an indie so aew is not an independent company and uh, you know a lot of people wanted to make comparisons with all in saying all in was better and things like that i don't think you can make a comparison with all in and double or nothing i mean yes it was put on by the same guys but all in was an independent show it wasn't backed or affiliated with any major company i mean yes ring of honor contributed to it new japan contributed to it um but it wasn't a ring of honor show it wasn't a new japan show it was an independent show that's why they were able to get the amount of talent that they were that are under contract to other companies because you know it's not like saying brian cage the impact champion is going to go have a match on ring of honor no he was doing basically an indie booking it was a huge indie booking probably the biggest indie booking in the history of wrestling but is still an indie booking you know that's why they were able to get a brian cage or uh kazuchika okada or 
you know, Ring of Honor guys, Impact guys. They couldn't do that this time because it's AEW. Now it's under a company banner. It's no longer an independent show. So you're not going to get all those diverse talents from all the big companies around the world. So, you know, they have to work with their own talent, which they did, and they did extremely well. Um, and, you know, then you've got the people complaining about the pay-per-view price. Oh, it's $50 and this and that. And I'm sorry for, you know, anybody who was willing to put out the $40 for All In, I don't think they were the ones complaining about putting on an extra 10 for double or nothing. If you're, you know, complaining about putting out 50 bucks for a pay-per-view, you, you obviously have you've been living in the WWE bubble for too long. You, you've gotten too used to paying that $9.99 a month for the WWE Network and getting all your pay-per-views as a part of that package because if you look on your cable network, I guarantee you a WWE pay-per-view is just as expensive, probably more in most cases. You know, the, uh, the Money in the Bank pay-per-view uh, last week, uh, at least on my cable service, was $54.99. For, for somebody who chose to order it that way that you know if they didn't have the network and obviously people are still buying them because if they weren't WWE wouldn't be offering them uh, in in that uh, in that form they'd put them exclusively on the network but people are obviously still willing to put out the the 55 bucks a pop for WWE pay-per-views so uh, you know you really can't uh, can't complain too much about uh, AEW's pricing because they're they're right in line with uh, WWE, which is the standard for wrestling pay-per-views. So I don't don't think there's too much else to be said about that. Uh, and then you know people want to compare it to NXT uh, again. I mean, it, you know I don't really think you should compare AEW to anything. You know, judge it on its own merits. I mean, they, they've said they're not trying to be WWE. They're not trying to be NXT either. You know, NXT is the best wrestling show under the WWE umbrella right now. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to compare them to anybody, especially when they've had one show. You know, let, let them get their, their feet on the ground. Let them get running and going with this stuff and start establishing stars and creating storylines and, and see what kind of product they're going to put out before you try to make any judgments or comparisons or say one is better than the other. Uh, and probably the uh, the biggest complaints I saw online was about the uh, the elite guys, specifically Cody and the Bucks, uh, putting themselves over. Obviously, Kenny Omega didn't go over. He lost his match to Chris Jericho. But, you know, as far as Cody, I mean, I think anybody who followed along on uh, the road to Double or Nothing on, uh, on their YouTube page, you know, I, I think it's kind of obvious that Cody was going to win this. I mean, he said... You know, it's about generation versus generation. It's not so much the brother versus brother storyline. He said this is, you know, he wants to kill the Attitude Era because the he feels like the Attitude Era is what's been holding down guys from his generation. You know, they, they weren't allowed to, uh, it wasn't an even playing field, put it that way. The guys from the Attitude Era pretty much could get away with a whole lot of stuff and the guys after that, once WWE went public and became PG, they, they were really kind of handcuffed, you know, and through no fault of their own. It's just they didn't have the same type of opportunities to, uh, to, to do the same kind of things the guys from the Attitude Era did. But yet they still get so many comparisons to the Attitude Era, and it's, just, it's not a fair comparison. So, you know, Cody 
his whole thing. I want to kill the Attitude Era. And arguably, Dustin, as Gold Dust, was, in my view, the start of the Attitude Era. I mean, uh, you know, you look back through the history of WWE, at the time when Gold Dust first came along, he was really the first kind of edgy, overtly kind of, you know, sexualized type of character. I mean, you had hints and you know innuendo of that kind of thing before with people like uh, Adrian Adonis even going all the way back to Gorgeous George back in the 50s but like I said Goldust was the first one that was kind of overt in your face uh, you know to try and make people uncomfortable and that that to me is what the Attitude Era was all about it was in your face it was overt nothing held back and uh, you know so to me Goldust was arguably one of the starting points of the Attitude Era. So I think, you know, the story that was told in this match was really, really good. And, yeah, so I think it was a foregone conclusion. Yes, Cody's going to win this match. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's AEW kind of putting the Attitude Era at rest and saying, okay, we're, we're done talking about this. Now we're going to do our thing and move forward. Uh, as far as the Young Bucks going over, I mean, the, the Young Bucks... I mean, yes, they're they're EVPs of the company. I'm sure they have a say-so in the booking and things like that. But this particular match, I said it a little while ago, it was for the AAA Tag Team Championships. So this, the ending of this match was booked by AAA, like it or not. So obviously AAA wants those titles on the Bucks. Uh, like like I said a little while ago, again, probably up until their, uh, their Triple Mania event, I would look for the Bucks to lose those championships uh, in Mexico during Triple Mania more than likely that's probably what's going to happen so that's uh that's pretty much it as far as that goes um now i'm going to talk a little bit on the flip side of this about uh the aew fans um and and, you know which i am an aew fan now especially after last night after seeing that show but i'm not one who's going to automatically jump to saying oh wwe's in trouble and this and that i've said it before on this show wwe's not going anywhere not anytime soon they're one of the biggest entertainment companies in the world and you know they're everywhere and they're not going to go away anytime soon aew is not going to run them out of business they're not trying to run them out of business are they trying to be competition yes i'm sure they are i mean competition is healthy but just because you're competing whether it's for ratings or whatever it might be doesn't mean you're trying to put the other guy out of business you know i i think that's what a lot of people don't understand you know the wwe is not in trouble are they aware yes i'm sure that they are i mean there were wwe superstars tweeting last night that were obviously watching the show so you know they're they're well aware that aew's out there and is, you know is it gonna maybe make them sit up and take notice and say okay you know we've we've been kind of resting on our our laurels for a little while here maybe we need to uh you know step up our game a little bit Hopefully that's what's going to happen, um, you know. And WWE is going to going to elevate their game and start putting out a better product. Maybe you know, putting more time into developing characters and developing stories, and not just you know throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. So you know, and I think that's the best thing that anybody can hope for is that AEW is going to succeed and become you know a a viable. Uh, competitor with WWE and the WWE is going to step up their game to keep up with AEW as far as you know putting out fresh storylines and 
stuff that people want to see and things like that. That, I think, is the best possible outcome because WWE is not going to go out of business. I don't want to see AEW go the way of WCW. You know, after last night, I am crazy excited about how, um, you know, where AEW is going to go from here. I can't wait until Labor Day weekend to to be a part of StarCast and the all-out pay-per-view like I was last year with All In. So, you know, I, I mean, sky's the limit for AEW right now. I think they need to, you know, the little couple little shots they took at WWE yesterday, they were fun. I think people try to read too much into it, though, but it it was it was fun. It was just kind of AEW saying, hey, we're here, you know, so you guys should uh, wake up and take notice. So I think they got that message across. But uh, I, I'm excited to see where they're going to go from here because uh, there's no limit to what they can do. They have the talent. They have the management. They have the finances. And, you know, they just need to stay on track and be smart and not worry about what WWE is doing. Like, uh, you know, not go the way of WCW or, or TNA as far as, you know, you know don't, don't pay too much attention to what WWE is doing. Don't try to emulate what WWE is doing. Do your thing. Be a wrestling company. Don't try to be an entertainment company like WWE is. And, uh, yeah, if they, you know, stay on that track, I think they are going to have a, uh, I mean, again, sky's the limit as far as what they can do. So that's uh, pretty much all I got for this week. Um, Hope you guys enjoyed the AEW pay-per-view yesterday, the ones who watched it. For anybody who didn't watch it, I highly recommend going back and checking it out because it was, like I said, for me, the best wrestling pay-per-view of the year so far. Uh... And, yeah, I just I can't say enough good things about it. So, um, yeah, definitely go back and check it out if you haven't had the opportunity. If you did see it yesterday, go back and watch it again because I know I did. I've already watched it twice. <laughs> so uh, it was just it was a fantastic show, and I can't wait to see where AEW is going to go. So, uh, yeah, make sure you uh, check out the show next week again uh, right here on Twitch at 3 p.m. Central Time. And, of course, afterwards on all the usual podcast platforms, Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, also on YouTube. And make sure you're following on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and LinkedIn at Catch Hook Shoot. Uh, check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash catchhookshoot, and our Pro Wrestling Tees store at prowrestlingtees.com slash catchhookshoot. Got some uh, some pretty cool stuff on, on both of those, so I hope you guys will go and check it out. Uh, buy yourself a shirt, you know, and uh, yeah, and, you know, support the show. I, I appreciate everybody who watches and listens, and uh yeah, like I said, support the show. Check out the Patreon. Check out the Pro Wrestling Tea Store. Uh, next week, I will be back with uh, results of uh, Takeover 25, and also going down the uh, the card lineup for uh, Super Showdown coming up. Uh, I believe it's on June 6th or 7th. I can't even remember right now off the top of my head. Um, yeah, June 7th, Friday. So I will. Yeah, I'll be breaking down that card giving my previews predictions that kind of fun stuff so uh yeah until then thank you again everybody for tuning in uh hope you enjoy the show hope you're uh liking following on uh, all social media and again check out the uh patreon and pro wrestling tees uh websites Uh, if you ever want to shoot me an email it's catchhookshoot at gmail.com so uh thank you guys for uh for tuning in and i will talk to you guys soon